So hi, one of the Gunoids podcast. I'm Shane. I'm Glory. And we're here with Dave Rookie from Sentinels. And we're asking some questions today about their upcoming album, Collapse by Design. So congrats on that, by the way. How do you feel about the response to the, the announcement so far? Oh, th- uh, thank you. First of all, it's uh, it's been absolutely surreal, um, to say the least. Um, we've been working on this record and you know writing it and recording it and everything like that for the better part of you know two and a half years now. So. Wow. Yeah, we've been hit with uh, just about every delay and whirlwind that you could throw our way for making an album happen. I mean, outside of the pandemic, mm-hmm. uh, what were some other like roadblocks? Um, ooh, how much time you got? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I mean, first, you know, there was writing the record, which was fine. And then um, we went into the studio in February of 2020 to start pre-production with our producer so that he can listen through the songs and give his notes and what he thinks like should change or, you know, how we can make this better. And, um, you know, shortly after that, we we returned in like the beginning of March to start recording the album. And then our vocalist at the time kind of shared with us that, you know, he he can't tour anymore and so that that all kind of came as a little bit of a shock to us and you know that that was rough because we were also being hit with all these covid restrictions so it's like Mm -hmm. now we don't have a vocalist we have to find one and we're told that we have to find one before our studio time is done which is just the month of march Mm -hmm. so finding somebody who's going to be a tight-knit unit with the rest of the band uh make sure he's cool and make sure his vocals are great and that he's actually committed to all this and then get in and record the album by march 30th or 31st i don't even know if there's a 31st but i'm so fried from all that (laughs) but um yeah so you know there was dealing with that i also on top of learning the drums for 12 songs i had to write the lyrics for 11 of them while we found the vocalist Uh wow so it was a lot. So I had already started writing a couple songs worth. And then, you know, we were basically hit with that task and or I was hit with that task. Uh, you know, our producer was like, hey, you know, I like the way you tell a story and, and you write the patterns. So let's just you you should do the rest of this while you find a new guy. And I was like, OK, <laughs> that, that's a first. And then, you know, we finally got, you know, we brought Josh in. He was perfect for us and we couldn't have been you know, happier with how the album was sounding. Then when it came time to do music videos, we did, you know, one with one guy. And then we had to find a new guy for the other two. But then before those two got filmed, like the day that we we released Inertia, my guitar player got COVID. And then a week later, my vocalist got COVID. So we had to push back shooting music videos again. So it was just like this constant like delay after delay hitting us and then having to wait until we had a tour lined up to release the album. So it was just like every delay that you could imagine, you know, on, on top of like dealing with a pandemic, it was insane, but I'm glad we're finally here. It's out in the world, comes out in less than 48 hours. Mm-hmm. It's a rock. I was listening to it earlier today. It is, it is very fucking good. I was driving <laughs> and like trying to like not headbang too hard to it to, you know, still pay attention to the road. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I, that means the world. Seriously. Oh, yeah. Wait, so I'm just curious, how did you manage to find a good vocalist who's also a nice person and who's also as committed to the band and to touring as you are in such a short time span? Like, did you Craigslist? How did you do that? Well, first, you know, we 
the whole topic of like poaching from other bands came up and they were like no because all these people are in bands that we are friends with and we're not trying to make enemies over this mm -hmm. but we were in such a, a state of like desperation at that point um and then so my desperation took me to texting uh my friend jt who sings for era mm -hmm. i was like dude i'm in a serious situation right now we all are i was like do you know any vocalists who'd want to join a progressive metalcore band and he was like oh dealing with this again huh? i was like yeah <laughs> so he was like well i think you should check out josh hardeman 100 percent." and i was like okay i was like any links to any covers and so he sent me his instagram page which was just like flooded with with covers and like not like over processed like studio covers like some of them he would just be in his car like just practicing and like going over like silent planet songs north lane gideon and mm -hmm. i was like oh my god like this guy like his voice is not only like you can understand like every word he's saying he's powerful and like you can hear like the emotion and, and just like that raw tone in his voice and i loved it and then i asked jt i was like well how is he as a guy and he was like he's like the sweetest human being alive um and i i think that he'd be a perfect fit for you guys so you know we got in touch and i got to talk to him and sure enough he was just as driven and and sweet as jt had described to me and you know meeting him like there was a lot of anxiety there of just bringing in a, a complete stranger from like halfway across the country and we met and like it's almost like all those fears immediately like dissipated like it was just a perfect match and like i we've talked about this like jokingly like as a whole where that we're like he i think overall has like made us better people and mm. more loving and more caring and like that's huge you mm -hmm. know Wow, that makes me very happy. That worked out very well for you guys. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's it's uh, I, I always tell them like it's an honor to have you as, as our vocalist, because not only are you an am amazing vocalist, but you're an even better human being. So it, it feels good to have that. I love that. It's very wholesome. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> literally. Uh, so is there any meaning behind the album name or cover art? Yeah, um, so for the the cover art, and like this will kind of segue into the, the album title. So when I was writing like the, the, the lyrics and everything, the first song I started with was To Wither Away. And so mm -hmm. I just had this image in my head of somebody kind of withering away, but like not like a gory, like gross uh, sort of aesthetic. I just wanted it to be like kind of like, it, like in a way to reference, I guess, like the Thanos snap and just watching mm -hmm. fade to dust. But what I, I didn't want it to be like him fading away. It's more so like him reforming from nothing. So like you can mm -hmm. see there's like remnants of like what looks like, you know, it's like his skin tone and stuff like that all kind of like kind of dusting away behind him. But it's actually him reforming like he's coming out of like this hellish uh, sandstorm. And that's to represent all of the the turmoil and the the hardships and the heartache that that are in these lyrics and it's like it's like 10 to 15 years of my life that i've never got to really put out there on paper so it's it's like he's coming out of all of that and then where he is right now is essentially like the lyrical aspect of the song atlas and that's where the song title comes from there's a line in the song that says uh stripped of sight from what i saw are collapsed by design mm -hmm. so it's like you're looking at this landscape of all this this heartache and all this turmoil in your life and it's almost like you're looking at it in a way where you look at it and you're like this is all just so horrible 
that like it's almost like it was meant to be this way like it was designed to be this way and the different relationships that are talked about in the lyrics and all those perspectives it's almost like like that's where the, the line came from it's like our collapse like by design is it's just so like chaotic and it's just so catastrophic that it's like it's almost like someone out there just was like this is how this is going to be for this guy and his mm-hmm. life and everything is just going to kind of go wrong and, and we're just going to throw every obstacle at him so like that's kind of where the line came from and then i looked at it in a, in a way where it can reflect all the songs so mm-hmm. it's like all these situations it's like almost a collapse by design mm-hmm. wow that's insane mm-hmm. that's like okay wow sorry <laughs> all right I'm, I'm glad that it can have that kind of uh response you know I, I you know that's that's essentially like kind of what i was was aiming for like when when writing it was because that was a huge disconnect for our music with people is that we didn't connect on a, a lyrical way with people and we mm-hmm. didn't have that connection like even if we did try in the past it just never really transcended well so I was yeah. like, I need to write from personal experience and not write in a way that it's like, it's so masked in crazy metaphor, but it's also so not on the nose to where like people can listen to this and they can be like, Hey, I've, I've been at this point as well. Or they're like, I think this is what he's saying. And if that is so, then like, that's what I felt like at this point in my life, or I have felt this way or someone made me feel this way too. So <laughs> that was the, the objective. And I'm, and I'm very glad that I was like kind of tasked with like, Hey, you got to write all these lyrics now. Cause at first I was like, fuck, like now I have all the homework. Yeah. But now it's essentially like, this is the the most therapeutic and greatest thing that I was ever tasked with because it was way more helpful than I thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to, we're going to bring up writing process in a second, but do you have plans to like involve yourself more in the lyrical writing process from now on for future albums? Um, yeah, I mean, I would, I'd like to, I mean, if, if my tank isn't on empty, then, then absolutely. Um, but now that Josh is in the band, um, you know, he, he definitely shows enthusiasm about writing in the future as well, but he's also expressed to me that he would like to write together being Mm -hmm. that vocals together on some songs and he would really like to mesh. And I think that's a great idea. So it's like, we can go off of each other. We can tell each other honestly, and like, not in like a brutal way, if we're like, oh, this isn't really hitting for me or I don't like it this way. What if we do it this way? So it'll make it a nice team effort. Mm-hmm. Okay. Definitely. Uh, and then can you tell us a little about your writing process for this album? Yeah. For like whole songs or, yeah. or lyrical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so th- this one was probably one of the more um, collaborative albums where, you know, Chris like started like the, big big majority like of this record and you know when these songs were all like fleshed out you know we would listen to them over and over again but then like he would you know we'd have like these little like sessions where we go to his house and like we'd pitch little ideas here and there like danny is like a, a, our bassist is like a silent uh master like like a silent genius essentially like he'll just yeah. kind of he'll be chilling there on his phone or something like that but we'll play a part and he'll be like yo play that back you know let's uh why don't we flip this here and then like put the symbol here and it goes and i'm just like damn dude talk more exactly yeah (laughs) fire like i love that and you know and then i would kind of think of uh like where a a song a part in the song was like very strong and i i I 
basically mentioned, I was like, well, we don't really repeat things that often in our music, but there are moments that I think naturally could repeat themselves mm -hmm. where I was like, this song or this part feels so strong. Like, what if we brought this back at the end? And one example of that too was in To Wither Away. It was like that kind of tremolo picking part at the end, like that lead guitar, then like that rhythm, like, Bum, bum, buka, bum, buka, da, 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 dun, 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 dun. Like that, that section with the lyrics, um, what is it? I lost myself when I found solace in you. That section, like, so originally that was just happening once. And then I was like, what if there's like a little groove to separate it? And then it comes back as like the final big shebang. Cause it just felt so big, like the way the drums are pounding on the snare. And I was like, I think this could be a nice repeating part. And sure enough, it happened. So like, I would kind of think of, ideas like that or i would try to refine the grooves so really it all it all did start um heavily from chris starting these songs off and then us just kind of like pitching little ideas here and there wow it's pretty good yeah. God, okay <laughs> so i want you to tell us your favorite lyric off this record and the meaning behind it oh man <sighs> a favorite lyric mm -hmm. i mean my favorite song overall is probably atlas just okay. because it's so different from anything we've done before. And I'm very proud of those lyrics. Um, but man, I'm trying to think right now, just because uh, yeah, it's a lot of lyrics to go back over. But um, yeah, honestly, I, I think just off the top of my head, like at least like one of my top favorite lyrics is from. Um, is from the song Coalescence, which is track 10. Um, that that one there's a line in there it says to coalesce was to flourish but we withered now i feel no purpose Ooh. and it's essentially like the song like the title it's about two coming together to become one but it's not in like the way that you think it's like someone hoping for that but in the end he's left with the aftermath of like it's it's looking back at a a, a toxic relationship and then how you're left with the aftermath, like the trauma that comes from a, an emotionally abusive relationship mm -hmm. where you the way that you carry yourself throughout life is different because of how that person treated you. So and another favorite lyric, I guess, like maybe is towards the end of that, it says, still, I hear your whispers or I hear the whispers of your voice inside my brain. And still, I feel your fingers crawling underneath my skin. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of representing like how like no matter like even if they're gone and they're out of your life now they're still affecting you to this day mm -hmm. and it's kind of like painting that image of just like the like the way that sh that person used to speak to you or the like how they used to make you feel and then like also you just feel like their grip like, mm -hmm. still on you and affecting your everyday decisions and like what may trigger you or what may set you off holy shit all right <laughs> god dude <laughs> i can't i'm genuinely blown away. in like the best way you're you're brilliant that's amazing thank you very much <laughs> yeah oh god um so how'd the track list for the album come about did you write the opener be the opener closer be the closer did you just kind of shuffle it around what was the process for that like yeah th there was definitely an idea for how we wanted to start it and how we wanted to end it so epitaph was intended to be an intro just to kind of I don't want to say set the tone for the whole record, but at least to set the tone for how aggressive the album was going to be. So Epitaph was just meant to be the short, sweet ass beater of a song that just kind of hit you. And uh, it really kind of cues in everything like with that 
that creepy like pedal static that's going on mm-hmm. which was like something a nice uh, added touch that was done by our producer randy and he he put that on the intro and it just kind of really helped set the tone for like oh my god like what's coming and mm-hmm. then it kind of pummels you and then atlas the first time i heard it um which fun fact that song is actually i think coming up on five years old at least the the oh. later half of it it's it's from a song that chris had wrote in a like a guitar profile or it was actually called tux guitar so it sounds like eight bit like video game music yeah so like the like kind of like the midpoint to like almost the ending was written in there and i had always wanted to work it into something because i always thought it was so beautiful and then when he sent me that he was recording it like in like his session and like he was like yeah i'm gonna put this in the album pre-pro because i really think this can be on the album it really goes with the the melodic vibes that are on this album and i think it could do well and i was like yes this is no discussion i was like this has to end the album like it doesn't sound like it would belong anywhere else and i think when you like hear that song in full in context of the record you're like okay yeah this is this is a closer like this is not a mid song it's not track two or five like it's the ender and so it's it's funny how you look at it where it's like it starts off in the most you know musically heavy and just lyrically angry perspective and then it ends on the most beautiful song but with like spiritual rehabilitation mm-hmm. to where it's like the character, you know, I guess me is like saying like, I'm done. I'm leaving all that negativity behind me. And like, you hear it and like the end of it, it sounds like you're being thrown into space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. Definitely a conscious effort there for sure. All right. I was going to be That's pissed good. if you said it wasn't a conscious effort because I think <laughs> then you guys did a very good job of shuffling it. Exactly. It's all, it's all by accident, man. But honestly, the rest of the album, it just that's how they ended up in the session. But we made we it somehow just flowed. Okay. And we we're like, thank God for that shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> I can't like I'm like, all right, we'll flip this one and go here. It's, that That's a headache in its own. So luckily, the rest of itself worked itself out. But yeah, the, the beginning and end were definitely the most conscious effort. Okay. Sounds good. So what song off of this album took the longest to write? Oof. Um, musically, musically, I, I, I think I would say Desecration. I have uh, a very uh, fond memory of being in the studio, like during the pre-pro, like the pre-production uh, session where we were trying to really get like the, the one ambient and melodic section down and they just had it on loop and we're just like, no, like, what about this? And it went on, I think, on loop for about an hour and a half <sighs> until we like landed on like this one section that maybe lasts like 20 seconds. And I, I just I had to leave. I was like, holy shit. Like I walked out and I was like, I, I, I can't anymore. Just like listening to this on repeat. But then, you know, it finally all came together. So that one musically, I think, took the longest to write um, lyrically for me. Um, I would say probably probably albatross because that one just like rhythmically and timing wise like it felt very odd and so i was also unsure of what to write about because that and inertia were the last two that i had to write for because i was like let me put the crazier ones off to the end because you know i just need to get like my foot on the gas a little bit rev up Mm -hmm. and maybe i'll be ready to go for these two and you know it kind of was like the opposite where I was like, Oh my God, like, what do I write about? So like, but for each of these songs, I I tried to match the emotion and the perspective to the vibe of the music. So if a song is super heavy and and dark and like gritty, 
I'm not going to sing about something sad. I'm going to, I'm going to let that do what comes naturally. So I would mouth out these songs, like the, the rhythms, and then I would put words to it. So like desecration is about, um, like I, I grew up in a, a relatively like strict Christian household when I was a kid. So, you know, for me, since I was the first born, like my parents wanted to do everything they, they could do to make sure they didn't raise a serial killer or like a Satanist or something. Right. So like they, they, <laughs> yep. they, they, they watched me extra close. And so mm-hmm. it kind of took me to that place. Cause that song is also brutally heavy, but then the melodic stuff sounds like full of sorrow. Like, it's not like a happy melodic. It's a very sad melodic tone. So it took me to that time, but like my situation wasn't quite as extreme. So like I'd mentioned, like where if I wasn't, fully in that perspective i took myself to someone else's shoes so like that song is about somebody like growing up in like a very overzealous religious home and because they are the black sheep of the family they're made to feel like they don't belong or or they've been uh exiled from their own home so like Mm -hmm. the super heavy parts are all like the anger like misdirected at like you know the father and then the sad parts are about be like how do i look myself in the mirror knowing that my own father can't accept me because of our difference in beliefs and so that that one was also a tough one too so like that like kind of leading into albatross like that song's about not only it's about dealing with an overwhelming sense of guilt which that is the definition i used for albatross because everyone's like isn't that a bird (laughs) i'm like well, if you go to definition three on dictionary, exactly. it's like that's where I got it. And uh, so that one, it, it's about like an overwhelming dealing with an overwhelming sense of guilt. But to where you're in such a, a poor space with your mental health, it actually turns into like almost like a, a sickness. And like you like start hallucinating like these hellish visions and, of, and and like you feel like you're the conduit for these like dark things and you're and you're also like trying to part with this dark thing, which is the dark side of you and trying to part with it. And like, you can get that on, on by kind of reading, but like the whole part about hallucinations and stuff like that, like it's like, it's, it's a bit strange and a bit out there, but that, that was where it led me because the song, I was like, this song's a little all over the place and it's a little hectic. It's terrifying, but then it can also be beautiful and sad at the same time. So I tried to match those. So that's the bloated explanation for that for that question. I apologize. <laughs> all right, you're all good. Rambler, I'm loving the detail. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, where was your headspace at while you were writing this album? Um, it was weird because I, I at that point I was in a pretty good space. You know, I was in a, a pretty good relationship at the time, and you know, things. Even though the world was like shut down, and and you know, we were all kind of limited to how much we could do. I still had to like kind of take myself to those places, but not forcefully. I just kind of let the music take me to those spots in a way where like now, like when I listen back to these songs, sometimes like I can kind of revisit those feelings in a bit, but like, I know that I'm better now because I put them on paper and now they're like in this vessel essentially. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, now the world can listen and, and understand. So like, now like i feel great about it now but like when i was writing it it definitely did take me to some some uh previous like like depressive feelings at times because i'm like damn like this is stuff i never really came to terms with and because i i would just shrug it off or whatever or I would, you know i would work through it but like writing it down and and 
jotting over it a million times. It definitely, uh, it definitely took a little bit of a toll on me and it was just stressful trying to write that many lyrics when I never anticipated doing anything like that. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so how do you recommend your fans to listen to this record for the first time? Should they put it in the car with friends? Should they play it in the dark with the headphones on? Should they play it at a party? What do you recommend? I would say if you're with your friends, enjoy it, but then go back again, listen to it with no distractions, with good headphones in, get all those sonics in there and, Mm -hmm. you know, just listen to the details. And then maybe if that, if you didn't take it in all that time, give it a third time, maybe the next day and then listen to the lyrics because (laughs) I, you know, not trying to like toot our own horn or anything, but I, I just, I think that there's, there's a lot of levels and a lot of different elements to this record, which I've heard some people say like, yeah, you may not like get the lyricism at first, or you may not pay attention to it as much, but there's a lot there to be taken in. And that, that was awesome to hear, to know that like, you know, they think this is a multi-layered and a multi-dimensional album. And like, that's honestly like all I, I could ever hope for is, making making an album that you know it takes more than one listen to really take it all in and and get to but um yeah honestly i would say start it off as like a fun listen or you're like oh this you know this is doing what i want right now (laughs) and you know then go in ahead and listen deeper when you're on your own but i think it could be a fun album to listen to in the car with your friends and stuff there could be a lot of enjoyable moments but uh it's also a very personal record so there's a lot of personal things that uh, i think Maybe someone could potentially gain from this. Who knows? All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this question should be super, super quick. Off the top of your head, I want you to describe this album for new listeners in three words. No more, no less. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, this is a really easy question. Thanks, man. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought, of, like, just as a joke, like, best album ever. <laughs> but, um. Honestly, describing it in three words. Mm. Heavy yet beautiful. Okay. That that describes maybe it well. Maybe that's corny. Maybe that just doesn't do it for people, but it's hard. It's hard to encompass a whole package into three words. But yeah, I'd, I'd you say still did it, it. Or aggressive, but beautiful. Let's okay. do that. Yeah, that's good. Good job with that. Uh, so is there a certain feeling or emotion you want this album to invoke in your listeners? Nothing specific, but, you know, I think I think if it does evoke any emotion with anybody, then I think that's, for me, a, a job well done. Um, just knowing that I can create something that evokes emotion in, in anybody is is a is a huge, like rewarding feeling. And uh so, I mean, like if this so- like if a sad song helps you cope with something sad in your life, amazing. If this song helps you vent after a really bad day at work or a really bad day just in life in general, you know, and they turn that on and, and they use that to relieve these emotions. What more could you ask for, you know? Mm-hmm. Good point. Good answer. Uh, so what band or artist influence you think you can hear the most on this album, if any? Hmm. I mean, we've definitely tried to like over the years, like we've always been like told like, oh, you guys sound like, you know, Tony Danza tap dance extravaganza or uh, glass cloud or reflections or structures. 
So I, th- I think people will still hear that that's still in our music, but it's we don't really write with a set influence anymore. It's just like this is where time and and our influences over time have taken us. But this this record definitely, I think, has uh, the most um, influence from like the band Viljarda and Humanity's Last Breath, where there's a lot of moments where I can pick up and be like, oh, that that's that definitely sounds like uh, Humanity's Last Breath influence. Or even this song has, uh, you know, some Viljarda influence. Like we hear that a lot about the song Albatross. And, and it's true. That one did influence that one a lot. Um, yeah, I, I would say probably those two the most. And then the closing song Atlas, like I think like Invent Animate fans uh, might potentially like that one a lot um, because it's it's like melodic, ambient, but like riffy, like metalcore track. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what is your favorite memory that you created while making this album? Oh man. Um, well, when does this, when does this air actually? A couple of weeks from now. Yeah. Give it like, yeah, two, three weeks. All right. Well then I'll, uh, I think my favorite memory from this was, uh, you know, not only, like obviously creating the record is something totally different, but I would say shooting the music video, uh, for the song embers that's coming out on Friday that was a really fun day we got to you know work with fire like actually have like fire cannons in the video like which so it's like there's fire spewing everywhere and then our our cinematographer uh he did a brilliant job um telling like the storyline footage of the of the video and literally even like the the ending of the video like the performance shots he it's like he pulled it straight out of my head and uh that was an amazing experience like not only getting to create a music video that like you've dreamt of but like seeing it actually like as if it was taken from your head just like right in front of you yeah so creating that video was a really good experience because like obviously someone looks at the song titles embers and they see fire in the video they're going to be like of course they went <laughs> but it's like no yeah. but we, we also incorporated it in this in the story in a way that really does kind of somewhat reflect the actual lyrics too. So it's not like a direct visual of like what is going on in the lyrics, but there's some elements and like the way it ends, I'm, I'm very excited for, for people to see it. I hope that it's one of those videos that you can't not think of when you listen to the song. All right. It's good. Maybe I'll have to check it out. Uh, so picture this, you're on tour, you're at a gas station for a rest stop. What is your snack of choice? snack of choice if i am in texas and i'm hitting a bucky's i'm gonna get those little beaver nuggets it's like these uh like i don't know if it's like butterscotch or like honey like there's some like mixture going on in there and it's like uh it's almost kind of it's got like the texture kind of like a like a, a cheetos like puff or something like that but it's like a sweet one and like they're just so easy to just go like right down either that or fritos uh barbecue flavor twists okay wow i've never heard of the first one is that just like texas exclusive apparently it's not texas exclusive but it's the most popular in texas like they're spread out all throughout texas but um there's some like you know in georgia like mainly throughout the south Mm-hmm. Um, okay. It's, yeah. it's like that that gas station that a lot of bands post on where it's like a little beaver it looks like chuck e cheese meets like wawa oh it's, they have like merch and everything in there it's nuts and they they actually have amazing barbecue the places are they're huge so it's not just like this little gas station that everyone pumps up it's like yeah 
a tour stop for almost every band. Yeah, it seems way cooler than a Wawa. And yeah. I want to I want to visit one so bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I I am uh I am in the Wawa turf, but mm-hmm. you know I, you know you get sick of what you have all the time. So I'm just like limitless options over there. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. A lot of options. Uh, so on the topic of food, if this project was a dish, what dish would it be? Without question, this record is a beef Wellington. A beef Wellington. Gordon Ramsay beef Wellington at a nice medium rare. Okay. okay. Why beef Wellington? Well, one, because of the layers. Okay. When you get down to the heart of it, you're like, that's a good beef Wellington. That's a good <laughs> album, bro. Like, it's, it's just, uh, honestly, and, like making one, like you realize like how, how difficult it is. And you're like, yeah. oh, man, the simplest thing could screw this up. And so if I had like one lyric in there that I let slip by, or I was just like, Egh. I would regret that over time and, and like forever. But there's not a single thing on this record that I look back with regret. And, you know, when you get that beef Wellington, like all perfect, you know, the egg wash the top with the sea salt, little slits. Like once you mm-hmm. have everything and you get to that first bite, you're like, oh, yeah. So I, I don't know. I would say that this record, in, if, if it was a food, it would be a beef Wellington. All right. For all Perfect. the vegans out there. If you're vegan, I'm sorry. There's other options. Yeah. Sorry, Shane. Uh, so where do you see the band in the next five years? Ooh, I would hope, you know, um, I would hope that we have hit almost every country in our destination, every continent. Um, I would love to see us on tour with, with some of our favorite bands on our own label. Um you know, I, I would just love to see us uh, doing this full time. You know, I'd love to quit my job. Trust me. Um, but I can't until this thing is solid and secure. Um, and then hopefully, you know, just making more people making more music that people can relate to and enjoy and uh, like actually making this something worth uh, even more worth fighting for. You know, that's a good answer. All right. Uh, so for these last couple of questions, we're actually going to shift away from music, if that's okay with you. Cool with me. Six. So we're going to go straight to death row. Boom. So if you're on death row, what would your last meal be with a drink? Oh, man. God. See, I've had this conversation like with, <laughs> with some of my cousins. and like We all would talk about weird topics like this. Mm-hmm. And it would take forever. And But I used to always have it down. But now that the question is here, ask, you know, by other people it's like blanking completely mm-hmm. um it's probably not going to be a very climactic uh final meal for but for me like it would probably be my comfort foods and also things i don't get to have often so i would say first thing it would be a double double animal style with chopped chilies from in and out burger mm-hmm. it would be some shrimp um with some amazing seasoning. Can't think of any right now at the top of my head. Who? what else? It would just, it would be just gross. A, a big garbage plate of all my favorite things. Oh, buffalo wings, nice and crispy, tender meat, sauce, equal parts. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a drink. I would wash it down with uh, a whiskey smash. Mm-hmm. All right. Sounds good. Uh, so if you could live in one fiction world for a week, 
Where would you live? One fictional world for a week? Yes. Mm -hmm. The world of Pokemon, brother. For sure. (laughs) I am a Pokemon fan at heart. Always will be, and I'll never be ashamed to say it. So I want to catch Pokemon for a week. Exactly. Got to catch them all. Uh, So I have the honor of asking the last question. Every single person we've spoken to has actually said it is the most important question. What is your favorite color? Oh, man. See, it's changed over time. I I used to say orange a lot because Mm. I felt like you could take like any painting or any piece of art, just add a little orange in there and it'll just add life to it. Like this new Mm -hmm. life where it's just such a a beautiful, like middle ground color where it's like, it's not the most bright color and it's not the most dark color. It's this beautiful medium ground where it's just like, I feel like adding orange to a lot of things will just add some life to it. But also I think my current, uh, wow, current favorite color (laughs) is, I would say probably indigo blue. Ooh, that's a good choice. It's a good color. Uh, so as Glory said, that's all the questions we have today. Is there anything that you would like to plug? Yes. Well, if you're listening to this weeks from now, and if you haven't, go get our new album, Collapse by Design, out now on Sharp Tone Records. Um, if this is while we're on tour, come see us on tour with Born of Osiris, Shadow of Intent, and Signs of the Swarm. That goes until November 20th. Um, and then, yeah, just keep playing that album on repeat. Don't make me tell you twice out there. I don't, I'm not going to tell you twice. All right. Uh, well, thank you for now. This has been Dave from Sentinels, and we have been the Good Noise Podcast.